What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 263rd episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I am your host, SBJ. And with me today, I have Will. Hey, and it's summertime has gotten here early if you're in the right part of the country. Hooray for hot 90 degree temperatures in April. Is it 90 by you? It's it like- will be. All right, it's rainy here. The good old Wisconsin. Speaking of Wisconsin, <laughs> Logan's only been here once. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, that- no, that's no twice. But one time it wasn't to see you or anything. All right. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Logan's here. Hey, hey, you guys finally let me out of my cage in the corner so I could do a podcast on It's Super Effective. I'm very happy. Please don't put me back in that cage. <laughs> do, you, do you have complaints about your cage? It's not a nice enough cage for you? No, 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 I sir. Mean, no, we can sir, find fine. worse this, cages. My, no, my cage is fine. <laughs> we can we can downgrade you from the luxury ball to the premier Please ball no. or just the standard <laughs> pokeball if that's what's necessary. Oh, God, no, not again. Logan's Logan's popularity was getting too popular on on other podcasts that I produced, so we had to <laughs> we had to rein them in. Ah, there you go. I've even like cultivated popularity in other podcasts that you don't produce. <laughs> you are the king of all podcasts. Couldn't have them. Couldn't have them ramping ramping around with with the. I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was going nowhere. We we have a show for you guys today. We got uh we got some news. I wouldn't say it's it's the most noteworthy news, but we got some news nonetheless. Uh, we're going to get some of Logan's impressions on Pokemon Sun and Moon, a game that no one seems to be talking about anymore. Very timely impressions. Yep. Right. You know, at the critical moment, we're getting the, the best impressions. And then <laughs> we have some emails and our Pokemon of the week. Uh, next week, uh, we have an interview with Pat Bear. He's a comedian and... Uh, a, a person on the internet. We're all people on the internet, some would say. I actually <laughs> saw that on the internet when you, he tweeted it and then you retweeted it. Yeah. Pat loves Pokemon. He, like I said, he's a comedian. He does a lot of panels at PAX and he, he has a lot of connections. So, uh, really great interview. Very, probably the most Pokemon interview than, than. <laughs> okay. So, did you just leave out the most important part about him completely? Maybe, maybe. He's part of the Upright Citizens Brigade. What? Whoa. Okay, I was a huge fan of Changwin back in the day, and I, wow. Changwin? <sighs> Changwin. He's part chicken, part penguin. His enemy is Chunk, part chicken, part skunk. If you don't know your internet history, why are you even talking to me? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I guess. You never heard of Changwin versus Chunk? I used to have a Chunk hoodie. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm, no. No. Oh, I, 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 well, that's your, your homework for the week, kitties. Look up uh, <laughs> Upright C- Citizens Brigade and Changwin. Unless I'm like completely confusing the group no, no, that no. used to do Changwin, but I'm I pretty just, sure. I just looked up his thing on UCB comedy and yeah, he's, he's there. So, I mean, I don't know. I can't back you up about the Changwin. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, look, I have no stakes in Changwins, but. I don't know where I was going with it. <laughs> the show is a disaster. Really, uh, before we yeah. get into news, before we go down our Pokemon bandwagon of of happiness, has anything new or exciting been happening in your lives that could waste 10 minutes and or I could talk <laughs> about C2E2 uh, or some other things? I feel like I have a lot to say, but I do like to give this time to you guys just in case there's like wet burritos or something we need to talk about. 
I haven't had any wet burritos. I've stopped going to the gym. I've started working longer hours at work, and I'm plowing through Bleach when I am the TV show. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you're just just (laughs) chugging Bleach. (laughs) We figured out that you actually don't have to work out. You just have to consume tons of Bleach. Yes, and, exactly. And it, like, burn it, away like, those calories. Yeah. Please, burns, please, please burns folks, don't do fat. this. Don't, do not. Yeah, don't drink bleach. No, no, Don't no, no. drink bleach. Do not Although, drink bleach. You will be impressed that I use bleach to clean my bathroom today, but uh, yeah. No, I bleached the TV show about the Soul Reapers and the Spirit Society and all that good. Is, is bleach better than Digimon? I already know the answer is no. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on what you're looking for. I mean, Bleach well, is just, really oriented towards that high just, school teenager crowd. Just like Haname in general. Haname? Yeah. You mean anime? <gasps> yeah, the Haname. I mean, Haname. For, for my preference, I would choose Bleach over Digimon. But that's that's me. I mean, I, I like... The, the huge battles, the big explosions, the awesome power demonstrations, which, I mean, you kind of like get in the Digimon. <laughs> Digimon has all of those bullet points. <laughs> but you don't have a guy who's like, Wait. you killed my grandfather, and I'm going to pull this spirit arrow and shoot it through you and destroy, you know, half the city in doing so. That kind of stuff. Do you? But wait, there's there's way more cuteness and rolling in Digimon. That's true. Than in we're not Bleach. we're talking about animes, not video games. Oh, so these those criteria are only for <laughs> video games. Yeah, I okay. don't. You know, I love Death Note. There is no cute. There's no roll. There's just <laughs> gross. I tried to get my mom to watch Death Note, and she was like, "This is really dark." And I was Aww. like, "Yes, that's why it's good." <laughs> what I, I want to get back to Digimon here, but when I was at C two E two, let's tie this all together. There was a lot of different Haname all over the place. Uh, Irene is really into Yuri on Ice. Have you guys seen that show? No. All right. It sounds very funny. It's about, I mean, uh, it's uh, about ice, ice skating. skaters. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she's into the show called F- Fresh Snow. I- it's about swimmers. Mm. Free. 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 Yeah. Yes. That's the Haname I was thinking of. Okay. It's not spelled with an H. <laughs> Haname. No. <laughs> Some of us are cultured, Will, and we know the proper pronunciation. Yeah, you're you're confusing it with something that does start with H, which I'm not going to speak of on this family-oriented program. <laughs> uh, but uh, C2E2 was really great. Like I said, lots of Haname, lots of Pokemon stuff this year. Uh, there is a, a, a minute video on, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash pkmncast, if you want to see some of the official and a lot of a lot of non-official Pokemon stuff. There's a really <laughs> there's a couple derpy Pikachu's I found uh, that were were real heartwarming. Really I good love show. Pikachus. Really good show this year though. Uh, I got a a not not a good spot. They put me on Sunday last show of the day on Sunday. Not 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 the best spot in the world. Probably actually some would say the worst spot on a panel because most people are buying stuff and or going home on Sunday. Worse than opposite the Game of Thrones panel. Mm, I would still, I would rather take a earlier spot in the day and compete with the Game of Thrones panel (laughs) than to be the last spot of the day and compete with people wanting to just go home, I think. I mean, I don't think there's a ton of uh, people 
that don't have an obvious choice for whether they're going to the Game of Thrones or the, or the Pokemon thing. You know, like, you're not going to have an eight-year-old showing up for the Game of Thrones panel. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <That's> probably, <laughs> Maybe you are. Probably true. But no, the, the, the whole convention was actually really great. I wouldn't say I, I've, I've been sour on C2E2, but I've been going for, you know, seven years, and the, I can remember the first three years, they were super fantastic. And then, you know, four, five, and six, I just felt like, oh, these are kind of the same vendors, same thing, not anything so exciting. To the point where last year, I think I was only on the show floor for an hour and a half, and then we, we left after the panel, where this year... I was on the show floor for almost five hours, and I felt like I could have been on the show floor for like another two hours and see more stuff. There was a lot of new vendors, even though it was in the same space, same hall, like same size. There was just, I don't know, like different vendors and more things to see. So it was really enjoyable this year. There was about uh, 130 people that came out to the panel, according to C2E2. So not, not the biggest crowd I've pulled, but still, I did like this little game show mechanic, which seemed to go over really, really well. So I might do that in the future. Probably need a better way of calling on people, though, uh, because there was a lot of uh, a lot of hands going up and very hard to hear people. So I, I'll probably have to rework that mechanic. But overall, I think the show went well. There's a cut 30 minute version of it on on the feed. So last week, if you didn't see that. But yeah, Woo. that was an all right show. I mean, the biggest problem with C2E2 is it's in Chicago. If it was in any other town, it would probably be much better. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Chicago? There's just, like have delicious there? pizza. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't impressed. The one time I went, I mean, I had a nice time, but not necessarily calling my name to come on back there. Mm. I, I really like want Chicago. that pizza some more. My biggest thing about Chicago was like, there's like right right now. If I look out any of the windows of my house right now, all I see is green leaves on trees. I don't see any other buildings. I don't see. Right. That's all I see is is leaves and stuff. I don't think there's a single place in all of Chicago where if you don't look out your window, you're not looking into somebody else's window. <laughs> it's all buildings and they're all buildings that are all next to each other. And there's like one blade of grass somewhere in a in a glass case. They're like, oh, yeah, we have green. <laughs> I got that green. Come visit it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Speaking of getting the green, we got some Pokemon news. Oh, wow. These transitions are just the worst. <laughs> They're real rough today. <laughs> just not a, just not on my A game today. Uh, first bit of news here is Pokemon Series XYZ Complete Collection to be released in Australia. Uh, this will be in Australia. We know we have a couple Australian listeners. On May 3rd, 2017, the DVD set contains the entire season, the 19th English season dub of the Pokemon Haname. The DVD set contains six discs, 48 episodes, DVDs are Region 4 and PAL will retail for $49.95. Get your XYZ complete collection. Do it. Bit of news here. Evolutions to be distributed at Pokemon Centers in Japan. The Evolutions will be distributed at Pokemon Center and Pokemon Stores in Japan for Pokemon Sun and Moon. Vaporeon, Jolteon, Flareon, Espeon, Umbreon, Leafeon, Glaceon, and Sylveon will all be available. This distribution will happen between May 13th and June 23rd. Players can only obtain one Pokemon per day from this distribution. No further details about the Pokemon to be distributed have been announced. This is to, pr- to promote a new line of merchandise that is inspired by Eevee. Hmm. They have more Eevee merchandise? Eevee just, you know, Eevee's well, always I mean, going over. Uh, Eevee, <laughs> which, that's a wrestling term. We don't use that here. <laughs> Eevee is, is like 
yeah, I mean, it's a good seller and it's got some of the best merchandise out there. So that's exciting. I hope they bring it to the US. Yeah. I mean, good luck. Yeah. I mean, bring an event over. Pokemon Center is getting a lot of stuff that we normally don't get. Like, I didn't expect to get the Team Rocket slash bad guy plushes, but they came over. Yeah. Except that there's no uh, Team Skull one, right? Which is the best Pikachu one because it has the little (sighs) bandana. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty adorable. And there's no Feroshki. Excuse me? Yeah, I've already <laughs> talked about Feroshki on this program. I Oh, I like the Rotom collection. Oh, ugh. All right, that... get me off this site. <laughs> <laughs> Does that have to do with Clump? Clank? Chenguin and Chunk? Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they have a sweet Rotom playmat if you play TCG, you know, like Pokemon trading card game. The Rotom playmat is tops. It looks so good. <laughs> The there is a Canon picture contest that is hosted by both Canon and Pokemon. Uh this is from PokemonPodcast.com. <laughs> the the most trusted site in Pokemon news. Uh, I pulled <laughs> I pulled this off Canon's Facebook page, actually. I don't think I don't know if Pokemon has somewhat announced this yet, but Canon is hosting a Pokemon slash toy photo contest starting on May first using the hashtag toy travel. Take shots featuring your favorite toy. While following the monthly theme, first theme hasn't been announced yet, Top Photo will win a EOS MK kit with a Pikachu shoulder plush. Two runners-up will get Pokemon keychains. For more information, you can visit Snapshot's website or the Pokemon branded Snapshot page. The contest will go from May to July, so three chances to win. And keep it on PokemonPodcast.com for news before Pokemon.com has it. Right. (laughs) I'm not exact. Like I said, I'm not. It says from everything I read and researched that this was open to everyone. Even the the canon video promoting it shows a bunch of teens scrambling to get pictures, and they have like Charmander plushes or Squirtle plushes or (laughs) Pikachu. And it says use any toy, but the commercial is only featuring Pokemon, and the prize is a canon and a Pikachu plush, like. In a specific mm. Pokemon branded box with Canon's logo on it. So, I mean, those people look to be a little older than teens. I don't know. Maybe, maybe like my 17. To evaluate. Mm, I was going 22, 23 on there. Hmm. I mean, this, they're sporting nice cameras. Yeah. I mean, if you have an SLR, <laughs> I, well, I, mean, I mean, I had an SLR when I was a teenager. It just wasn't a Canon. <laughs> Did it stand for something else, or is that single lens <laughs> reflex? I mean, like, uh, is this some kind of joke I don't get? No. It, oh. I had a... That was the camera brand that everybody had that they don't make anymore. Uh, uh, Asahi Pentax. Uh, Pentax. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Hmm. I don't know how reputable... <laughs> I, no, I, I saw this... I saw the contest advertised on Facebook, so it must be real. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm, I'm talking about the next article. All right. Oh. Uh... Is it on PokemonPodcast.com? No. That's, that's where I get all my Pokemon news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this was posted in our Slack community. I'll just read the title here. We'll go from there. Blogger Russian Sol- Solgoski faces 3.5 years in prison for playing Pokemon Go in a church. Oh, uh, what? Do I, do I read the article or do we move on? I mean, it sounds legitimate, knowing how Russia is these days. That's true. I mean, that's, that's also it's it's an article where clearly the headline is pretty much the whole. It's like a trailer that shows you every plot point in the movie. Like, 
everybody knows what that article is now that you've read the headline. I will apo- apologize for my butchering of Russian last names here. Mm. But Russian blogger Ruslan Solskovsky might be sentenced to 3.5 years in prison for playing Pokemon Go in a church. An act that was offensive to religious believers argued the persecution. Quote, I may be an idiot, but I am by no means an extremist. End quote, said Skolfsky in his (laughs) final statement. Boy, what a quote. That's good. (laughs) Quote, again, a long time ago, people were imprisoned in camps and for longer terms, not for 3.5 years, but for decades because they joked, for example, about communism and about Stalin. Now it turns out that they want to imprison me for 3.5 years in real terms because I obscenely joked about the Orthodox and the Panarch uh, Krill. For me, this is savagery and barbarism. I do not understand how this is at all possible. Nevertheless, as we've seen, it is quite possible indeed, end quote. Skolzgovsky is being accused of three offenses based on three articles of Russian criminal, criminal code on inciting hatred or enmity, offen- offending religious believers, and illegally bringing equipment for covert filming. The blogger pleaded innocent to all three charges. It seems like maybe the Pokemon Go wasn't like the chief uh, thing he did wrong here. No, or, I, don't well, think so. I don't think so either. I think it was the fact that he had a phone. Yeah. Was the problem. Something. Yeah. The, the, I'll skip some, some paragraphs here. The final paragraph. When Skolsky was searched, authorities also found that he was carrying a pen with a built-in camera. During the trial, the blogger insisted that the pen does not belong to him. <laughs> he also stressed that the pen is equipped with a light bulb and not a camera, which would make the device impossible for culverts shooting. Like, <laughs> so shooting this shooting was, film. Uh, so part of this that we also left out, I mean, they're, they're, let me give you a part A and a part B. Part A is in Russia, the church, the Orthodox church is much more closely tied to the government and much more protected than we would have that here in the States. And they have a lot of influence on the government. Um, and other people have been arrested and imprisoned for speaking out against the church in Russia, as I also to give you a part A dot two, one, I don't know. I have to drive past the Russian embassy to get to work every day. Um, so anytime anything happens in Russia, I have to drive through that protest. I, I wish you people would stop or like pick <laughs> a different block because it slows down my commute to and from work every time. Part B, the dude is an activist atheist, it appears. At least some people are reporting it that way. So it's kind of like he was possibly speaking out against the Orthodox Church and just using Pokemon Go as the uh, sort of You think it was something where, like, I wasn't filming, I was just playing Pokemon Go. Right, yeah. I think Pokemon Go is at best a bit player in this. (laughs) Pokemon Go is the bait that we took. To report yeah. that. Yes, exactly. But but also, it's it's the method of protest in saying, like, oh, you know, why are you arresting me just because I'm playing a game in a church, right? It's not harming the church or anything like that. And sort of, like, saying the response is too extreme for the action that was taken. It's like, if you get arrested for playing Pokemon Go in a Milwaukee public park, which I give you in six months, that's going to happen. <laughs> Then you're going to say, right? It, it, not necessarily like, oh, you were really out there to play Pokemon Go, but it's just to prove the point of, look how ridiculous I just got 10 years in the Milwaukee prisons because I was playing Pokemon Go at a park. 
very excited for my future of getting arrested for playing Pokemon Go in Milwaukee <laughs> hey, County Park. When I was a kid, I always wanted to go to prison because it's like free food. You you just hang out with dudes and have fun, right? And All you the clang, time. And you clang and bang, I would assume. Yeah, and you yeah. don't have to work. And you, know? you get ripped. You like you know get some abs in there. Yep. Don't have to worry about paying rent or your electric. Uh, probably prison is not great. So. <laughs> <laughs> Two things to learn from today's uh, program: uh, don't drink bleach, uh, don't go to prison, <laughs> don't don't intentionally put yourself in prison. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, speaking of Milwaukee and Milwaukee County Parks, you know they're just the best. Uh, I recently went down to Lake Park to get you guys some grade A reporting. So two things oh, that is men on the street. I used my legs and I <laughs> I got the first hand look at Lake Park, which is the main park that uh, was focused in all of the Milwaukee uh, regulations slash rules slash laws, whatever they decided to pass that don't actually do anything. <laughs> because at no point is somebody is a police officer going to stop you in a park and ask you if you're playing Pokemon Go. It's just. That's never going to happen. I'm sure... I won't say that. It will probably happen, but they have no way of actually, like, taking your phone and looking at it and being like, oh, no, I guess guess you're just Snapchatting. I'm sorry. Continue on with your, your walk. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. You just got Snapchatting banned from the Milwaukee Public Parks. You know they listen to us. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're hot on our heels. They're right now considering drinking a gallon of bleach from the first part yeah. of our show. This is the after effects of being the most trusted source for Pokemon news. Right. Who else is going to report on Russians playing Pokemon Go? <laughs> All right. So the two things. The first thing is that the probably the most popular part at Lake Park is called the Waterfall Area. And what makes that so popular is there's three Pokestops touching each other. So a lot of people would sit down at the Waterfall Area and they wouldn't have to move because there was just three stops there. People would lure them up, you know. You would sit there for hours. Every five minutes, you got three spins, tons of Pokemon coming to you. From reports that I cannot verify, but from multiple people, one of those Pokestops got removed during this whole fiasco. When I went there Mm. on Friday... What is today? I went there less than a week ago. The third one was back. Oh. So there's also a fancy restaurant down there called the Lake Park Bistro, and there was two Pokestops near there. Then there was the parking lot that everyone parked in, and that's also where some of the complaints came in. That parking lot is for the park, but it is also for that restaurant, Lake Park Bistro. And Lake Park Bistro is your, your, one of your five-star restaurants in Milwaukee. You know, you're paying 50 to $100 a plate of food. That might not be expensive to some people. That might be outrageous to other people. Where, <laughs> doesn't matter. It's just a fancy restaurant. Some of the complaints were not only does that parking lot get filled, but if you're going to Lake Park for your, you know, amazing dinner, it's impossible to find a parking spot. So I parked in that parking sp- I parked in that lot, which is, you know, anyone can park there. The two Pokestops by Lake Park Bistro, they were up. Three by the water po- the waterfall were up. And I didn't go any further. Past the waterfall, there's a lighthouse, there's a bridge, and then there's a long open area where all the rich houses start to appear. <laughs> I didn't go past that area just because I was short on time. But the other point, so it looks like at least one Pokestop is back. The other point is at after 10 p.m., and I don't know the exact time because I got there at 10.10, I was told that Pokestops and gyms close at 10 p.m. So I got there at 10.10. Sure enough, 
the Pokestops were a different color. They were a different shade of blue, and they were closed. So when you went to go spin it, it said, this stop is currently closed. So I don't know if they're doing that in any other areas, or if it's just like a Milwaukee thing. But I, I've it, never heard of a Pokestop or a Pokemon gym closing. Yeah, That's so, so weird. So the gym, how the gym looks is, you know how like the Pokemon, it's always a Dragonite or a Gyarados. Or, so you see the Dragonite or the Gyarados rotate on the gym. <laughs> when a gym is closed, it's just a darker shade of blue and nothing is rotating on the top. Huh. Again, what is Milwaukee Parks going to do if somebody's playing Pokemon Go? I will say that I, I think the closing of the stops, I think that's acceptable and I think that's fine. Because legally, parks close at 10 p.m. And they open, I think, at, at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. Uh, your, revolts, your, your results may vary depending on what part of the country you're in. Not all parks close at 10. Okay. <laughs> Every Milwaukee County Park closes at 10. And I think most Waukesha County Parks also close at 10. So if the problem is you have a bunch of kids, teenagers, and adults in the park at 11... Yeah, you can send a police officer to, you know, tell them to go home. And, and every time that happened at Lake Park, the, the people would go home. I mean, no one's going to be like, but officer, this lure is going to last for 14 minutes. The, they just leave. But if, if the solution to, okay, it's getting too expensive to send police officers out just to tell people to go home. Hey, Niantic, can you just close these at 10? That will, you know, naturally let people go home and solve one of the issues. I'd be avian if you can, if that's if you consider people being in the park after 10 an issue, that at least solves it in a reasonable manner. I don't know. It's hard for me to be upset to be like, oh, this is ridiculous that these stops close at 10 when in fact the park closes at 10. Hmm. I mean, I can't argue with you there. I just think 10 is awfully late for a park to be open. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do in a park at, at 10 o'clock at night? Go home. Watch some TV or some YouTube videos. Watch some Hanuma. Oh. <laughs> so that's your that's your first hand report on Lake Park. I'll uh, as the weather gets nicer, I will be I I'm gonna be going back there just to see if if there are still people playing Pokemon Go and see if anything really changes. Obviously, the game's not as popular as it once has been, but I would still just be curious. Last bit of news here is. New Alolan-themed stages and new Pokemon that hail from the Alolan region are now available in Pokemon Shuffle, a free puzzle game that is available on the 3DS family of systems as well as mobile devices. For a limited time, special stages will provide a chance to get Alola's first partner Pokemon, play Litten in special stages until May 9th, Populo in special stages from May 9th to May 23rd, and Rowlet from May 23rd to June 6th to capture these cool Pokemon. Be sure to log in between May 2nd and May 30th to get your special gift. Alolan Vulpix will join your collection. Hmm. Oh, Logan, you on that shuffle grind? I was just going to say, I've been so off that shuffle grind for so long. But you were on it. Yeah, for a while. I mean, it's a fun game. It is really great. Will, are you still on that Yeah, no, I, I shuffled until I started giving them money and i said time to step away I th- that's, what, step that's away. what broke me too i felt like i gave the so i played shuffle is probably my third most played game on the 3ds it's like animal crossing monster hunter 3u pokemon shuffle and i think pokemon shuffle might have moved up to number two i played the game for 98 hours or whatever free and then i felt compelled enough to go okay I'll give you $25. Most 3DS games are $39. I'll give you $25. I feel really good about this experience. I've had a lot of enjoyment in this game. 
And like, as soon as I gave them $25, like two weeks later, I just fell off. It like broke, <laughs> it broke the habit, I feel like. Hmm. Well, for me, it was like, I, I gave them money and it's like, I, I didn't win anymore. And any more than before I had given them money. And yeah. I was like, well, then where's the, what did I get from my money except more time playing this game when I could be breathing fresh air or playing Pokemon <laughs> Rumble Blast. It's so, like, it's a very tough thing to get uh, microtransactions correct in a mobile game, I feel like. It's, like, you have to have incentive enough to help you in the game so you feel like something happened, but not so much so that you just obliterate the game after it's done. I think it's a tricky wire to walk, and I don't think many companies get it right. This is kind of an offshoot, but you guys, you guys on that Fire Emblem Heroes? Uh, I fell off of that. And I was really, really close to giving it money, and I didn't, and I feel, I feel really good about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, I love that game, and I love playing that game, but when you, you could pay, like, $40, and you get a total of 10 new anime babies, and anime babies. Yes, yes, thank um, you. Sorry. Uh, I, I, we used to be friends, dude. <laughs> you know, at least you and I have stuff in common that uh, all SBJ does not. You could side with the right team. <laughs> Look, I'm on your team for like 90% of things. We used to be friends. Do you not notice my past tense in that previous <laughs> statement? Well, this is this is the last episode Logan's going to be on. <laughs> anyway, the uh, the children you, you buy with, with real money in Fire Emblem cost so much money. It's yeah. ridiculous. Like the free, like you could just get them for free five at a time per week, basically. Or you could pay like $40 to get an additional five. It just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Wait, that's $8 per character. That yes, that's be- what they want you to. Yes, it is it, extremely for, for expensive. That also, is two Starbucks venti lattes. That, yeah. Just about. And, and uh, I didn't throw this in, but those characters are not going to be good. Like maybe one of the five that you get maybe will be good. Yeah. Do they have shinies? Do they have shiny Mm-mm. Haname babies? If I'm going to just be brainwashed <laughs> yes. and Stockholm yes. syndrome here? Yes. Do they have uh, shinies? No, they don't have any shinies. Oh, they, okay. have, uh, they have five stars, which give you a little... But don't, actually, they have, don't they have five star get. plus? Isn't that a thing? If you have two of the same five star unit, you can have one of them eat the other one, and then the, it gets a plus on it, which means that two of its stats are higher. And then when it comes out of its Pokeball, it does a little sparkle. Ding, 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 ding. Like no, that. unfortunately, it just has a plus next to its name. That's all. I, I will never understand Fire Emblem. <laughs> it's like uh, Super Chess. Well, I love if, it. If when they pop out of their Pokeball, it doesn't do a special little ding, 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 and the little stars come out. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, if you get one of the, the like famous ones that are on the games, then it plays you a little video where famous, stars come out t- famous to whom i have uh, to, never to played Logan, a fire emblem game in my life that i would i wouldn't know one character from bob the builder or well basically it's all the, hmm. yeah bob the builder yeah you wouldn't know bob the builder if you saw him i know Bob. I'm, I'm 44 years old bob the builder was like literally came out when i was like 33 no <laughs> yeah but like clearly pretty, you know bob the builder 
Right, yes. you know him. So I feel like you'd know if it was the the guy. He's just like a very generic builder man. All right, I wouldn't know one of the Fire Emblem characters from Hamtaro. I don't know who that is. So I know Hamtaro. Hamster the guy. Okay, Hamtaro. Okay. I love Hamtaro. Go- oh my goodness. <laughs> Going back to mobile games, I think Logan <laughs> Logan is right in the fact that <laughs> fi- like Fire Emblem, Pokemon Shuffle. I'll even throw Clash Royale in there because I'm still playing that. Mm-hmm. You're paying to accelerate your process in the game, but you're yeah. still you're not getting anything from it except more game. Yeah, like you'll eventually get there without the money. Like in Clash Royale, if I give them twenty dollars and I use use that money to upgrade my cards, yeah, I might win one or two matches because I have better cards than people. But then all of a sudden, I hit. I hit the area where all the all the people that did exactly what I did are now sitting here. <laughs> they did the same thing I did. They paid a bunch of money, their cards are overleveled, and now we're all in the same area competing. Whereas if I don't pay money and I just suffer through facing those people who paid money, at least I feel two things. I feel that I didn't spend the money, and also if I beat them, I'm a better player because I had... I had the disadvantage the entire match. So I yeah. at least feel good there of, okay, you had overpowered cards, you have the advantage, yet I still won. That's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. I think where cosmetic, where, where microtransactions work the best in these, these games are just like cosmetics. Like in Final yeah. Fantasy fourteen, the only thing they sell is cosmetics. So it's, it's like, oh, do you want this new emote? It's $7. Don't, it gives you zero advantage of the game. You're not accelerating past anyone. You're not getting any money. You're. It's literally just an emote, or it's literally just a chocobo mount, or it's just a flying dragon. None of these give you any advantage whatsoever. If you want them, great, and I'm sure they make a ton of money off them. And if you don't, you're not missing out. Yeah, it's like a little custom thing. You can uh, tailor it towards what you think is the coolest looking but it doesn't actually give you an advantage. But it does give you that like like that feel good. At least to me it gives me that that feel good moment where putting $25 in shuffle, I thought I would get that, but I didn't. Mm. Of like have having a red flying dragon and everyone and like people in town going, "Oh, that dragon's so cool." And it's like, "Yeah, I know. Spent 12.99 on this dragon." Most of the time if I put money into a game, it's because I really have enjoyed the game and I feel like the developer deserves to get some of my money. You know, like not necessarily for whatever the purchase is, but just for the fact that I've had a ton of enjoyment from it. And yeah, it's like a way of tipping. Yeah. And that's a perfect example of tipping because you you get something that everybody can see like, oh, they support the game. It's not it doesn't make you like better than everybody else or give you the illusion that you are. It's just just cool. I'd rather they just show me advertisements. (laughs) <laughs> and they get their money that way. I'm I'm not even kidding. I'm so good at ignoring advertisements. I just show me ads, make your money that way. Let me play my game. I'm very impatient. I don't want any of that. I'm super John. impatient too. I will pay like the <laughs> three ninety nine to get rid of all ads just to speed up my experience twenty seconds. Mm-hmm. Me too. All right. Well, that's all our news. What we'll do is we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we'll do some emails. Logan will give us some impressions on Sun and Moon, even though they're late, and we will do our Pokemon of the week. Yep, yep. Please leave us a review on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. Otherwise, this has been another episode. Otherwise, this has been another episode.
back from our break let's let's just toss it over to logan here and and get your impressions on sun and moon i know it's been a while i know you took a bunch of notes yeah but don't don't give me any fat give me the lean give me the lean stuff i mean at this point any impressions are way late but this is the first time i ever bought both versions of a pokemon game uh so i digital or physical Digital, what? Okay, all cartridges. Right. That's true. Yeah, I don't want that taking up shelf space in my house. No, it's just it's just imaginary. But um, yeah, I actually bought both versions, and I really enjoy this game. I I think it's I'm pretty confident in saying this is my favorite generation of Pokemon, and this is you know months out, so I feel better about saying that without the you know like the n- new effect wearing off. Yeah. So that's. That's my high praise of the game. I bought bought both versions for the first time. Um, I also love, you know, they like the little Tauros circling thing is a much better way to hatch eggs. Uh, There's like quality of life improvements. The bottle caps make it so you don't have to soft reset for legendaries, which is awesome. Like everybody sort of has the option to use a legendary on their competitive team if they want to, which is really great. It doesn't change nature, though. No, but you can, I mean, that you can influence with, like, synchronize or whatever. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. So, y- y- it does, it still takes time, and you still have to get them up to level 100, but there's, it's just way less time investment than soft resetting, which was awful. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't think anybody wanted to soft reset, and I certainly don't think that was the intended method that, the Pokemon company wanted you to use to catch your Pokemon and then use them in in battle. So I'm glad that they, they have an, an answer for that. I also love that there's training that you can just leave them in there. I think this happened in black and white too, where you could just leave them in a daycare situation and have them level up over the course of days. But I didn't play black and white too. That's like the one game that I didn't play. Smart choice. Smart what? choice. Yeah. Maybe I'll go back sometime and, and play it, but, but it's just, I don't know. I didn't. I black and white was my least favorite generation. Uh-huh. I, I think it was just the time in my life that I was least excited about Pokemon. Is really what happened. It doesn't. It doesn't reflect super on the game. It's just like my mentality at the time. And then I never picked up black and white too. So yeah, that's fine. You do you. But go on. <laughs> Did you? What What were your thoughts on the uh, the Elite Four? I I mean. I thought, I, okay, so I thought it was fine, and then I heard the episode where Will was talking about how it's, it's gentrification, and that made me feel complicated about it. <laughs> well, um, cultural appropriation, not gentrification. Let's get our social justice terms. <laughs> wait. <laughs> Correct. Wait. It's not... Oh, I guess it, Kukui is culturally appropriating from the yes. other regions or whatever, but I just mean like... Like he's he's having like the professional golf player move in and be the most important person on the island and all that stuff. I I don't know. I think both terms work, but yeah, you probably 
yeah, you probably said cultural appropriation, but it's not even it's not even just that. It's like Kikui's not Kikui's trying to toss away what makes Alola so special, and it felt very like at the end it was pretty much the same as every Pokemon game where all the rest of the parts felt really fresh. You know, what else would you want at an end of a game? I feel like the Elite Four is a is more memorable, not so much as hmm. Uh, you've just been brainwashed. No, That's like, okay. so you have six, you have seven generations of games. Six generations have gyms, and people re- people remember specific gyms, and they remember that there's eight gyms altogether. But I, but those aren't events in themselves, like the Elite Four is, where well, you let, can let me let me posit an alternative. Right. What if instead of the Elite Four, they had done it where you have to do a series of totem Pokemon, maybe not four, maybe five totem Pokemon that act like even stronger than the totem Pokemon you had to fight in the actual trials? And they were like, all right, you know, this is similar to what other cultures do, but this is our version of it. And it's totem Pokemon. It's not gym leaders. And, you know, they're going to call out support Pokemon and it'll be based on SOS battles and things like that, and, you know, give you a different experience that is just as good, but just different. Yeah, I I don't think, I mean, I, the Elite Four is a staple, but I don't think it needs to be in every game, and I, like, that was a good idea, and also, like, it's not our responsibility to come up with the cool new stuff. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although, if they want to hire me, I'm I'm available. My point was <laughs> only being that when you say you did the Elite Four and you convey that to somebody, they instantly know what you mean. Whereas if I was to say, hey, in Generation 5, I just finished the sixth gym, I have, I have no clue who that was or what Pokemon they had. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was Skyla. I thought hmm. Skyla was the fifth gym. Uh, that was the electric one, wasn't it? Uh, well, anyway, I, don't, <laughs> I mean, like, like, the Elite Four is... Like you, you're not you don't know any details about any of the elite fours in the other games, right? I mean, like in so much as like if if a gym leader stands out to you, then you'll remember that's their badge or whatever. Yeah, the same as uh, if an elite four member is memorable. They're just four more gym leaders just in a row. Whereas, like, I think forever everyone will be like the fire trial. You know, like that's crazy and super funny. Um, it's super memorable. For the, not just the the person who put you through the trial, but for the trial itself, which cannot be said about any gym battle, except for that mill tank, I guess. But that was just, like, frustrating. But it's the same. Every other gym is exactly the same. It's just, I I fought my Pokemon against their Pokemon, and it was a fight. But in, in Alola stuff happens you know like that you have to spot the difference in the images or go find ingredients to this potion we're making and that's all part of a, a very a very memorable experience that yeah. is very different from what, what we've had before and i just as like back to the topic i just don't think that like the elite four was exactly the same as it's always been just four gym leaders in a row i don't i don't i think that was like the least strong new thing but it was still part of the pokemon formula that i love so i wasn't mad at it sure uh what Uh, were your thoughts on the 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 story they tried to tell 
I thought it was really good. Like I was, it was a compelling story. Uh, and I don't know that I've ever really been taken by a story. I, I love the, the, Oh God, I've forgotten her name. <laughs> Lily. So Lily. Yeah. I love that Lily at the beginning of the game is not wearing clothes that she likes. She's not very confident in herself or her abilities. And then by the end of the game, she's really grown and changed and taking on her mom and still, I don't know. There's, there's tons of great things that are happening with Lily. Uh, it's another one of those Pokemon stories where it's not really about you. It's about someone else. I also felt very like my character, except for his cold dead eyes and that robotic smile. But uh, I was interacting with the world and learning things about Alola and introducing myself to people. And that felt like my story, even though the, uh, the overarching like world stories about Lily confronting your mom. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, what did, did you complete your Alolan Pokedex? Yeah, I've got, I, I have a living Dex. Um, so I, with or without connecting to Pokemon Bank. Yeah, I completed it connecting to Pokemon Bank. But yeah, why would you do all the work uh, so if you got the Pokemon? Me. So I'm still like I'm literally still working on my Alolan Pokedex, and I will not connect my copy of Moon to Pokemon Bank until I have a not living but just a complete Alolan Pokedex mm-hmm. um, built within Moon completely. And and it's just the SOS battles are killing me. Yeah, I mean i I think that's cool that it's like really extending the the life of your game for you. But I just connected as soon as I could. Um, that said, like you still have to SOS battle for Marini. Boy, that was not the most fun thing. But it was kind of fun to figure out what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I think that took me about two hours. Yeah. I mean, you can you can set it up where you have somebody to check if it's the right kind of Marini and all that stuff. Because I wanted to get one with the hidden ability and all that. Yeah, um, that's that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want a hidden ability, Marini, I've I've got a bunch of them. Actually, I I gave some away on the um the Slack channel, the trading Slack channel, um, a while back. Yeah, that's why I, I have friends. Friends are for <laughs> hidden abilities, uh, right? Uh, right. The Pokedex completion on my own. That's cool. I like my Pokedex completion, like my scratching that itch section is my living decks. So I. I don't know that that is a thing I'm already doing. So I didn't feel like I had to wait to connect it. Yeah, I may do that next. My, after I finish with the um, Pokedex in Moon, I'm going to breed my own. Like this is the t- fun team I want to go through Sun with, mm-hmm. and then just play Sun and and connect that to Pokemon Bank. Oh, that'd be cool. And yeah, that'll be just like a fun playthrough. And it's like, oh, I've already got a level 100 Volcarona. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the the first trial with get at my level. <laughs> so uh, speaking of making teams, I like I made I I'm I always for the last like three generations I've been really into competitive battling, and so I did all the research and made like my team, and I'm really excited about them. Also, they've never none of them have ever experienced a Pokemon battle, and I love that they're just precious babies. Um, <laughs> Because they were all on the the Isle of Fun and Isle Level Up and all that stuff, where you <laughs> they've never gone into battle. So you had a you have a competitive team of Pokemon that have never battled. Correct. That's amazing. Wow. That's amazing. 
Uh, so yeah, they and they never will experience battle either because I didn't like I didn't look at the dates for regionals until after I had my team like ready to go, and uh, they had already passed any of the ones that were nearby me. So well, you can come to the Virginia regionals if that yeah. hasn't happened yet. Maybe maybe I will because I do want to use this team. Um, they're all named after sodas, so I love that. That's incredible, <laughs> Mr. Pepper. No, no, no. There's no, 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 no. D Pepper is already that's already a thing. <laughs> but I've got RC the Golduck, uh, Diet the Pelipper, Baja Blast the Cartana, Gamer Fuel the Tepacoco, uh, Zero the Croc- uh, Crocodile, and then Cherry the Marowak. It's a little Marowak. Well, wow, now you've just given away your uh, whole team, so everybody's going to beat you at regionals now. Uh, spoiler alert: My strategy is just like adapted from many, many top tier strategies that you can find online <laughs> easily. <laughs> All right. With that being said, let's jump into some emails. If you have any emails for us, you can send them to sbj at pkmncast.com. sbj at pkmncast.com. Or you can go over to Pokemon Podcast and hit that contact button both will get you there. Uh, we we're getting we're getting this backlog of email, and and we have quite a bit of good ones. So uh, we'll get to yours. I promise. Uh, first one is from Sean. Writes in and says, "Hey SBJ and crew, I'm writing because I wanted to give a shout out to Will for disclosing his PTSD diagnosis in last episode. When my own diagnosis got a lot worse this year, I recent I was really terrified, but knowing that other people are going through the same." Have gone through the same or similar things gives me hope. Y'all's podcast has been a great tool for getting me through panic and racing thoughts for the last few months. And has gotten me back into Pokemon, letter writing, and other things I love. (laughs) My question for you. Do you have a favorite type of regular trainer in the games? I am a fan of Furosid Girl from X and Y. Probably because their music was great and training against a bunch of high level Audinos is even better. P.S. I am breaking the rules saying Nick is my favorite, best, Sean, at SMH on Slack. Uh, Nick being the gentleman who does all our wonderful music. Woo! Uh, he's my favorite, too. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Do you want to address the PTSD? I, I have not gone through that, but... Uh, oh, I been... mean, it's just, right? I, I don't think it's a surprise. Maybe it is a surprise to people that... I. I I do see a therapist twice a week. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that before, but I've been doing that. I mean, that. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned it on Twitter, but I don't know if you Oh, yeah, because I complain about how much it costs me, but I've been doing it for seven years. Um, I, but yeah, my, my whole philosophy is right that I'm not ashamed of my diagnosis because I'm not the person that caused it. So right. there's no reason for me not to say that I have a diagnosis because it's nothing to be ashamed of and it's something I'm working on and getting help with. So, you know, I, I, I didn't I didn't know that when you when you said it on the episode a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, I, you know, I'm always I'm always glad to hear people talking about mental health and not having a stigma about it or anything. Yeah. And, and I mean, I have two diagnoses that I work with PTSD and dysthymia. Um, neither one is particularly exciting. i i also go to see a therapist um so yeah it's it's helpful if everybody should 
should try that a couple of times in their life. It's helpful. It could probably, I think it could be helpful for anyone to go see a therapist. Oh, I th- yeah, I think so too. Even if it's just to go in and say, you know what? You're doing fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome advice. The follow-up, Sean's question, do you have a favorite type of regular trainer in the game? Hiker. Of course. Wow, I'm not even <laughs> surprised. I liked the veteran trainer design from Black and White, and I actually bought one of those, uh, like a Kangol that looks like the veteran trainer hat from Black and White. Oh. I would say that I like the pokey parents, the people with the, the little kid in the Pikachu outfit. Yeah. I don't know. That just kind of like warms my heart when I see them. <laughs> That's going to be you someday. I hope so. <laughs> Aw. I mean, I'm against having kids, so, but whatever. You have that hope. <laughs> yeah, uh, uncle, uh, hopefully future Uncle Will. Aw, that's adorable. How can you be <laughs> against children like that? I, I'm already an Uncle Will. I've got three, two nieces and a nephew. <laughs> it's, it's not in the future. The future is now, thanks to science. Thanks <laughs> uh, <laughs> to science. <laughs> uh, you just made a wrestling reference, by the way. Uh, no, I actually made a reference to the uh, Pokemon cartoon. The oh. future is now? That is what Clement always says when he brings out one of his inventions. All right. He must be a, a, a Seth Rollins fan. Will writes in <laughs> from Somahawk, Illinois. I don't know where that is or how to say that city. Hi, I am a huge fan of the show. Always love listening to the various takes you all provide. I don't have a favorite as I think each of you bring your own thing to the table. Anyways, my question is more of an idea that I'd like your thoughts and opinions on. When you Google fan-made Pokemon, you get tons of different designs and renders, and a lot of them are really cool looking. It seems in past generations, Pokemon designs, Sun and Moon, weren't really that great in terms of the way they look. Only speaking from personal opinion here, and to me, there were quite a few that didn't look aesthetically pleasing. It just seems that Pokemon can capitalize on the ingenuity of fans and maybe do a contest of sorts. They release a new generation where they take the best 100 submitted designs for Pokemon, or however many, and slowly roll out the winners as the game release approaches. The designer could submit an evolutionary line chain of Pokemon or a single non-evolutionary Pokemon if they choose to do so. However, the contest would simply be pure design, and in no way would the designers have say in what they would evolve into or what moves they could learn. That could be up to Game Freak for balance reasons. Uh, it goes on about the rules a little bit. I'm sure fans would be willing to accept that it would be cool enough to have Pokemon or evolutionary chains of Pokemon you actually design in the games. Anyway, sorry for the long email. I just would like to hear your thoughts on that idea. So, I, you know, I play Cardfight Vanguard and Bushiroad, which is the company that owns New Japan Pro Wrestling and Cardfight Vanguard, every year <laughs> they have a contest, a design a card contest. And they'll have like a junior winner and a like a masters or adult winner. Um, and they actually make the cards, uh, that people design. They're, they're never good cards. They're never <laughs> cards that you'd actually play with. Or, I mean, it would be a fluke if they were, but it's just really cool because people submit designs, uh, you know, for what they would want to see as a character on a card. And then it gets actually made into a card. So I, I'm totally for that. I think that would be a really cool. Just because there are so many people, like so many artists and artistic people like Logan, who (laughs) could design really cool Pokemon that 
we just it would be a, a feast for us all to enjoy and then one person would win and it'd be a really awesome pokemon in the game for all time i am <laughs> strictly against this but i don't know if logan has an opinion uh okay i'm of two minds one is i love outsourcing like it to the fans to to design Pokemon because there's lots of people who have lots of great ideas. But also, I really don't like contests where everybody has to put in a ton of work designing something and then only one person wins. So it's like they, like a ton of people put in a ton of work and only one person gets credit. Yeah, um, that's the yeah. worst. Yeah. <laughs> is it really? Uh, it is. I just think that the, you're, the you're effort devalu- and- You're devaluing your skills. Yeah. Like to say- Devaluing your skills. Like to What's say that, that I'm I'm an artist and I'm going to do what could be 10 to 12 hours of work for that not to be recognized in any way, but somebody will be recognized and they will get no right they're mon- going the, their their reward is going to be that their thing gets into the game, but that the, their like, t- their reward is exposure. Yeah, and, and exposure and doesn't pay the, the bills. Right. All right, I I don't know what world you guys live in, but there are literally hundreds, if not thousands, of people out there who are making Pokemon designs of random fake Pokemon for zero dollars and zero recognition. So they're already doing this for their own pleasure and enjoyment. Just turn it into a contest. <laughs> it's gonna happen whether it's a contest or not. Here's here's my thoughts on it because yeah you're right in some point like most of the time they're making fake pokemon though cuz that's what they enjoy doing like I enjoy I enjoy making stuff for pokemon podcasts whether that's a new logo or new artwork or or whatnot but when somebody else asks me to do something like hey can you make me a logo that's where I want some mon- like I want something in compensation preferably money uh <laughs> because getting a shout out on twitter doesn't really do anything for me that's that that would be worth my time. Yeah. Here's why I wouldn't want anything like this is because you can say that these fake Pokemon look cool or these real Pokemon don't look cool, but Pokemon is so much more than just the design, just the moveset, uh, just the abilities. Pokemon are designed in a way to last the tests of time. Yeah. Something like a Kakuna or a Beedrill or a cloister you might not think are the coolest designed Pokemon, but those designs have held up for over 20 years. When people see a Beedrill, they instantly know that it's a Beedrill. And I'm not saying that these artists aren't talented and they can't come up with something, but there are so many references and so much history and and so much more than just a design that goes into Pokemon. Something as simple as like Ditto. Ditto is a word in the dictionary that means like to copy. And like <laughs> the name is just as important as yeah as the design have like a pun as pun it in your fits name. into the world. I mean, you look at something like Buffalant Tauros, and you go, "Oh, Tauros should evolve into Buffalant," and it doesn't. And I think <laughs> I think that's totally okay because there are definitely species of animals that exist that they, while they might look the same, they aren't related. And I think that makes sense in making the Pokemon world feel more believable. And when you have a core set of artists and a core group working together and ensuring that consistency, when you do a contest of everyone draw your coolest Pokemon design and we're going to base that off of how cool that design is, that has nothing to do with the name, that has nothing to do how it fits in the world, that has nothing to do with longevity. You are you, simply you've trying... Made, 
you've made rules for this contest that don't exist. What if it's the same pe- team of people who are working on Pokemon designs who are like, we're going to pick which design we want to include. And then it's like, whichever one comes most close to our style, that one wins. But then I like, just it validated everything you said. No, that it doesn't because what do you do? What do you do with that design? Like, how do you decide to name it? How do you say se- it is so important for Pokemon? And there's another question kind of related to this to protect their franchise as as strong as possible. And once you open that up to other artists of like, oh, these 823 Pokemon were designed by people that work for the Pokemon company and this one wasn't. There's it just breaks that that mold of pretty much 21 years of legacy. You don't see like a Zelda game have like one fan made thing just sitting in the corner. I think I, we could we could find a compromise, a middle ground on this somewhere. Yeah, I I just don't want it to be a contest. That's that's my I whole just, deal. Like, like what, <laughs> this what, is just because you young. I'm gonna loop you in with the rest of them, Logan. Millennials how, uh, just okay, don't me, like to compete. You don't me, want to live in a cutthroat <laughs> world where one person is the clear winner and the rest of everybody else is dead. Okay, I'm so sorry, what, lo- like I didn't hear anything you said past millennials because I stopped listening. <laughs> what? Okay, so you have a contest. Let's let's look at this as a, a, a as a company thing. Why would a company ever do a contest? The the reason would be to get their name out there. Pokemon in no way needs to get their name out there. They have they get zero benefit of people retweeting or sharing or hosting some kind of contest when all they need to do is easily show one or two new Pokemon that they designed and they will instantly get mainstream media. They will instantly get what they are looking for. They don't need a contest to do that. On top of that, they don't need to take thousands of people and make them all feel terrible that their design didn't win and then take one person and say their design won uh, for, again, what benefit is that company getting? They're getting a design that they will now have to shoehorn into their game because they must pick a winner? What if now, all a thousand designs are terrible? What if the contest is you submit some Pokemon designs and then we'll invite you to come with our team and work with our team to design a Pokemon? So then they're not shoehorning in, but you've still got a contest. What, what's wrong with having a contest that's like a goodwill? Just like, oh, look, audience participation. Let's have some fun together. Like trying to make money. And it most, doesn't yeah. have to always be. Con- they've got most enough contests dollars. are only for like self-promotion and getting your name out there. And, and Pokemon is in no way to need to do You're that. You're so they've made, cynical. They've made 800 designs. I think they've got, I think they've, they've mastered how to show off Pokemon. <laughs> That's such such a cynical viewpoint. That's so dark that 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 nothing cynical. can exist. You're, you're that's gonna, not you're gonna, dollars and you're cents. You're gonna you're going to easily waste thousands of people's time for putting in as like the most work that they can possibly do to find out that they're not picked. There's the, nothing the joy more. Of there's creation. nothing more disappointing to an artist to or anyone in in a creative field of work to do 10 to 12 hours if not more work to like know that I'm not going to get a response no one's going to see this I'm not going to say, I'm not going to get a uh a thanks but no thanks you're not going to get anything because no company is going to email thousands of people but one and say sorry no thanks you know that 15 hours of work Better luck next time. Hey, guess what? We're not doing it next time. Like so, just... all, so all those people out there on DeviantArt who are spending hours and hours and posting things up there just for one person to click a like button—that's somehow different. Yeah, it's entirely different. They, it's they absolutely chose to do different. That. They chose to do that. 
That's what they're doing in their so, free But time. you're choosing to enter the contest, and it should be the joy of creating art. It's not the... Uh, there is it, no that, joy it's not in a creating job art interview. when it comes to the contest. I don't know. <laughs> when it's for a corporation, I think the waters get muddy. Like, it's not just the joy of creating art. It's You're making a product that it's, it's going to make the corporation money. And so, so you're telling me all of those bands who sing for Eurovision... The, except for the one band that wins, all the I can't believe I just wasted the past months of my life putting together this performance. <laughs> or do yeah. they have the joy of having the been on the Eurovision? Difference, the difference there is they're on TV, right? That is that is for real some exposure, and also I'm I would wager they are paid. So Pokemon Company puts the best designs on their website and says, okay, here's the top 50 designs nope, and gives nope, them all $10. Nope, nope, nope. Gives Absolute, them gift that's certificate. just exposure. $10 is a joke. Ten like to be like here's ten dollars here's twenty. Hey, it's that's two a, lattes. No, that's a that's a joke. Two lattes oh, is on a top latte. of on top of the fact that you want people to vote when we already know designs like Charizard, designs like Lucario, and designs like Pikachu are the the number one po- like Pokemon in the world, and you want people that love those three Pokemon to vote. No, absolutely not. Wait, no, I didn't say vote. When did I say vote? You said I put said the, the designs up on the website and have people vote. No, that's not what I said. I just said put the best designs on the website so that's exposure for people that's the no, same thing and the the other problem with putting the the best designs on the website is now you're now you're you're showing off people's work and again exposure means nothing it is the worst you're showing you, off people's work and you're getting you're you're making more people upset because you're going to have all these people looking at these pokemon and then complaining to the pokemon company why they picked a over b or or why c wasn't wasn't picked or why pokemon d looks terrible but somehow made it with the other three pokemon like that is that is just a marketing nightmare when well, i'm sorry the pokemon company gets complaints every time they announce a new pokemon anyways because it's always like well this one looks like a digimon it doesn't look like a pokemon anymore blah 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 anger 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 You're and you know what so you know what so in like dark in, in, in like 10, you live in, you in a what? world in 10 with no years, joy those pokemon still look good they still hold up oh, i'm so sad we're still talking about this <laughs> <laughs> but it's just because it, what's we're in a bizarre world where I'm arguing from the point of view of just like the joy of creation is the joy in itself, and Steve's in this dark, cynical place of like the joy if it's of not creation for the for dollars a, for a billion dollar company is a the, totally different conversation than a joy of me making art on a Saturday night for my deviant art. End of story. Right. There's like no yeah, comparison there. That, that's I, it's it's like I'd be doing it anyways, and now I'm doing it for a potential opportunity, which I, means that it's no longer just for the joy of creation. If you want a potential creation. opportunity, you apply at Game Freak or the Pokemon Company. You get a job and you get paid for oh, it. You'll never get that job. This is why we need the philosopher on this program to let us know what philosophy <laughs> informs us. <on> this. <laughs> Travis, come back. They uh, let me out of my cage just to fight with me. <laughs> next question here is from Ray. Hello, team. Usual comments about greatness here. I would, I would like to talk about one thing that everyone likes to talk about: race. I love the race conversation that took place during the Sam playthrough, Sun and Moon playthrough. I was like, who, who is Sam? The Sun Sam. and Moon playthrough episodes, and would love to have the thoughts on SBJ and crew for the following issue. Boy, we went into one hot topic into the next here. Ooh. As race, as race relation is pertinent. To mention that I am a white male married to a black female, when I go out, we are asked over half the time if we are splitting the check, as though it's not clear that my wife and I are together. My simple question, how often are you asked if you are splitting the check when in your mind it is clear that you are on a date? What do you think 
Why do you think some people are asked this more often than others? Also, Will is the best, and Omanite is the worst. Thank you, Ray. I, I have I have a different story. I was going to say, uh, Logan, I'm sure related. you have something related to this. It's related to this topic of checks being presented to people as two... Anyway, uh, last night, uh, me and my boyfriend, Billy, were eating uh, at a restaurant. It's just us, just two people. <laughs> and the the guy comes over and offers us two checks. And not only that, but he has like a pink pen. He's like, oh, I won't, I won't give you a pink pen. And I was just like, what? Why? What? Why not? Also, it's just one check. And... <laughs> I don't and know. let me get that pink pen. <laughs> let me. Can I? Can I get that pink pen? I really like pink. I. I don't know. That's a similar situation. I don't. I just think it's funny in that situation. Um. Uh. The 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 topic of race. Like. Uh. We should probably get Irene back on so we can have a person of color <laughs> talk about that because it's really. Yeah, we're know. we're about the three whitest dudes you could get. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I. Uh. I. I mean, I haven't really experienced problems with that. I know those problems exist of like, oh, this white dude and this black chick, are they together or are they not together? I get, I don't really, I have never really seen that in a restaurant. Most of the, like I'm, I'm in a restaurant with couples anyway, so it's always, I, maybe it's just a Wisconsin thing where they just assume that if it's any amount of people at a table, we're going to put it all on one check, even though it's clear that we're all 20 somethings that are you know not family at all and or <laughs> it is clearly that these are a group of friends but we're gonna put it all in the same check anyways that's like every wisconsin restaurant <laughs> so you have to like specifically ask hey can you split this like two here two there but i definitely like get looks some of the times and that's from like both ends of the spectrum whether it's like white people judging me that i'm with a black girl or black people judging her that she's with a white dude and it's it's whatever. It's just like, it's what Logan said. It's more funny than anything to be like, oh, okay, yep, this is still the world we live in. All right, right, cool. What a shame. My parents are like some of the most racist people ever. And it was, that was probably the hardest thing to overcome was, I remember Irene and I were, were dating for probably three to four months before I told my mom. And my mom was like instantly disgusted and like Ugh. very unhappy that, she considered it uh, me rebelling against them to be dating a non-white person. Ugh. And then it was like this slow kind of rollout to like she finally met Irene and then kind of had more conversations with Irene. And, you know, when I showed up, Irene would be there. And so they were kind of forced to talk. And my mom did like a complete 180. And she loves Irene now. She texts <laughs> Irene more than she texts me. She go shopping with just Irene, like, they go to uh, Six Flags all, all the time in the summer together, like, she is just, the other day, she was like, when are you, when are you and Irene getting married? Oh, She is so, she just loves Irene so much, and, like, that was awesome to see, and I, like, it, 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 for me, it was a little, it was easy to forgive her, mom, you used to be really racist, and now you're not, and so it's hard for me to be mad because, like, she changed. Like, she took yeah. the time to get to know Irene. And by getting to know Irene, like, she opened up to, like, more, you know, black people outside of Irene. And, like, that was really good to see. But my dad, on the other hand, still pretty racist. Mm. Still likes to drop uh, words that should not be said. Uh, but he does like Irene. But that was, that was even even harder battle. And my dad's a lost cause. 
<laughs> Nobody's a lost cause till they're dead, sir. Probably sooner than later for the amount, uh, the amount of where he's at with his health. But oh boy, <sighs> yeah. Well, I, uh, I, I'm never dating again. Uh, I don't date now, and I'm never going to ever again. So the dating question is not a concern for me. Um, no one's a lost cause until they're dead. Will <laughs> well, I, I didn't say it's a lost cause. It was a choice I've made. Uh, but I would say so. My one input I have on discussion of race, and I think I brought this up to. Steve before. Um, and it's really kind of been something I've noticed as I travel more to go and hang out with Steve and do Pokemon events and things like that is living that in Washington, DC. No, living in Washington, DC and like living on the East Coast the majority of my life, uh, I see people of color all the time, everywhere I go, you know, ev- everything just like you know, there's no part of the city I go to, nothing I do in my day where I'm not interacting with people of color. But then I'll go to places like Milwaukee and I'll go to places like Indianapolis. And it's like, I don't see any people of color in the parts of the towns that I go to. And it's just so striking to me. Like Mm -hmm. to go to the grocery store and have everybody in the grocery store be white. That's not my experience here in D.C., and that, that's when it becomes noticeable to me that in different parts of the com- country, they're not having that diverse experience that I just mm-hmm. live with in my day to day. You know, that's it. Here's to hoping more people have more diverse experiences and come to an understanding like Steve's mom did. Yeah. <laughs> if there's anything that my mom's done right in the last five years, it was like come around on racial tension. Ooh, this is so heavy. This Pokemon podcast is real heavy. <laughs> Here we go. Here's a lighthearted one. This message is from Michael. Alola, <laughs> SBJ, and crew. I would like to know what your favorite songs from the Pokemon Haname is. And not any of the openings, but the but the cheap knockoffs like InSync or Lizzie McGuire sounding, sounding like songs from the official soundtracks. All of them are heart garboder, but I really have a soft spot for my best friends from Pikachu's jukebox. Any of you owned any of the CDs like To Be a Master? Anyways, keep doing the awesome things you are doing. You all are awesome. Best regards, Michael. Uh, yeah, I had To Be a Master. Of course I did. And I, I had the soundtrack had to the that, first movie, too. That um, Yeah, I had both those. They were great. Yeah, I have none of this. I have no input. No, you, have, you, you never got To Be a Master? Dude, I was like what 26 when these games came out no i was listening to some cool techno music at that time i listened to like nirvana <laughs> or something no i was never a nirvana listener uh definitely chemical brothers chemical brothers uh fat boy slim i mean i was kind of the mainstream electronica at that time moby but... oh no moby no <laughs> moby no <laughs> rhinoceros if you really want to go for uh, a throwback there but yeah no nah, i was in a different place hmm. musically yeah at a certain point in my life i had the entire pokey rap m- memorized yeah me too i mean i i feel like every song on to be a master is pretty good yeah i don't recall it that well but i feel I'm, like I'm, if i listened to it now i'd be like oh no these are bad but <laughs> but like bad in a good way of like i remember yeah. singing my heart out to this as a kid yeah, like a fun bad, not like... Like wrestling. <laughs> not like wrestling at all. <laughs> what What are you talking about? Every memory I have of wrestling is pristine and perfect and great. <laughs> I got a a Japanese album in Boston 
Nick, who who gets mentioned on the show more than enough, I feel like he took us to one of these. Uh, I don't know what to call it, like a, a like a small Haname slash toy shop that's nothing but import stuff from Japan, and they had a bunch of of like Digimon and Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon and One Piece and Avatar just everywhere and they were and, and Nick actually went in cuz he was like they closed at 9 and we didn't get we didn't get to that area until like 8:55 he went in and he asked if they could stay open a little later so we could look cuz they had they had some legit Pokemon stuff they even had the little monster hunter like figure statues um yeah they did so they stayed open later, and now, now because they, they offered to stay open later because, you know, we're out of town and, and they were about to close, I, was, I felt obligated to buy something for them staying open later. So I was looking and looking, because they had all these great Pokemon things, and I was like, I want something that's not extremely overpriced, but also something that I can't just jump on eBay for and, and buy at the same overpriced price. And I found a... A, a music CD, an album that was ha- learn how to draw Pokemon, and it was four songs, and then a a small coloring book, all in like this this audio case, would teach you how to draw like a Pikachu and like a Voltorb and like a Jigglypuff, like the easiest Pokemon to draw. And there's just uh, there maybe five songs, but five really. Very Japanese, very kid, very poppy songs that I don't understand, but I want to do something with it in the future because it was such a such a weird find, and I think it's super fascinating. And it came out within the first year of Pokemon debuting in Japan, so it's it's very old, very cool. So I want to do something with that, but that's just piggybacking off the whole audio CD slash music thing. Yeah, let's do a couple more emails here. This is from Claire. Hi, I'm a new listener of It's Super Effective, and I really like it. Thank you. As a diehard Pokemon fan, I listen to whatever I have at the chance. I found it by searching Pokemon on my favorite podcast app, and it turned out, well, aka Super Effective appeared as the top result. Best regards, Claire. Thank you, Claire. I appreciate that. I think Claire may live here in D.C. Yeah. There was no, there was no uh, location. Uh, let's do one more here. Man, we have so many emails. I feel so bad, but I don't want to run terribly over. Uh, Caleb writes in from Melbourne, Victoria. I believe that is the good old Australia. I believe you are correct. (laughs) Uh, Writes in and says, hey, SBJ and anyone else from the A or B team, I've been listening to the show since episode two, Mythical, came out and and a friend recommended it to me. I I wrote to ask you guys two questions. One, what is your favorite type of trainer in the Pokemon series? I feel like we just answered this. And two, (laughs) if you were to get rid of one type of type... Which would you remove? Mm. Pokemon purely of that type would change to another type. For example, Darmanitan would become fire fighting if it, fire was removed. Kalem also says, I like I feel like Irene isn't getting enough love from the PKM and Cast community, so hashtag team Irene. Thanks so much for the work and keep the tomb tube warner warmers clean and keep the tube <laughs> warmers clean in twenty seventeen, Kalem. <laughs> Uh, hashtag Team Irene. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Irene. Irene as my friend. I mean, that's even better than just podcast love, I guess. <laughs> so uh, racial yeah, tensions. I... No, I'm kidding. Uh, not again. <laughs> uh, I would still go with uh, Pokey Parents for the first question. 
Yeah, hiker, Phil. Oh, uh, preschooler this time. Okay. <laughs> I think right. they're real cute. Yeah, they are pretty great, and then you take their money. Uh, question two, which type would you remove from the game? Normal. I don't... I. It's so silly to me that there is a normal type. Like... Uh, that I was mean, my answer, too. I can see that, but I was actually thinking ground. Hmm. Okay, all right. I can see that. Because you have rock, and you have fighting, yeah, exactly. and you have steel. All right, that's a good choice. My... To piggyback off Logan, to have a type that is normal just seems so weird in the fact that no Pokemon are actually normal. Yeah. Miltank yeah, isn't I, normal. Just looking at the birds, like Pidgeot or Fero, why are they normal flying? They just right, can, they they can just, just keep me flying. Yeah. Be- because then they'd be OP. <laughs> that's not <laughs> a problem they? anymore. Maybe, maybe in Generation 1 they would have been just OP, but now that's, that's not really an issue. Right, yeah, I think it's totally fine to remove normal, because, I mean, like Steve's saying, everything should be able to be in a type. I mean, normal doesn't make any sense. Maybe replace that with sound type. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it just feels like each Pokemon should have strengths and weaknesses, and normal doesn't really benefit from that at all. Yeah, and it's so weird, like, ghosts can't hit right i i don't know it doesn't like that makes sense the ghost the normal like okay cool i get it yeah but something like del caddy which is just a normal cat pokemon no no one's ever going to use del caddy del caddy's great super cute (laughs) would love to use it make it (laughs) ice or something or Or dark i don't know i mean like you if you made it ice you'd have to pretty significantly change its design but yeah, I don't know. There's probably an answer in there somewhere, but I just don't like that. I just don't like that. There's a normal type. All right, I said that was the last one, but we'll do one more. <laughs> I don't. I just don't want to fall too behind on these. Yeah, let's do an older one. Oh, this is the one I was referencing earlier. This can those this will stir up a debate. Uh, Joseph writes in, titled "Fan Games and Fossils." Hey, everyone, semi long time listener. I never never completed a Pokemon game. Guess, but I am still a huge fan of the series. I have two questions that I hope will spark spark some discussion. First, first, you may have heard of a few months ago about a, an unexpected takedown of a fan game six years in the making called Pokemon Uranium. Only a few days after it launched, launched last fall, they were contacted by Nintendo lawyers in order to take it down with no warning. Or consider my entry into the Pokemon universe a browser MMO called Pokemon Omega uh, that was ordered to cease and desist after years of building a thriving community shortly before the release of uh, Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire for obvious reasons. On the other hand, I'm sure you've heard of Pixelmon Minecraft mod, which allows you to catch, train, and battle blocky Pokemon in your Minecraft world. This is obviously still up and running after after an equally il- illusionist history, despite not being affiliated with Nintendo at all. So, question one. What do you think about the way Nintendo and Game Freak is are handling their intellectual properties regarding fan games and other things like these? On the other hand, copyright law is very much a thing. But on the other hand, it's worth much mentioning how much free advertising games can be from from this. After all, I was drawn to the series through a fan game. And question two. On a completely different note, how do you feel about the no new fossils in Sun and Moon? I've always been a fan of fossil Pokemon, and I'm a little disappointed that Game Freak missed what could be a neat opportunity in Gen 7 considering the island theme. Sorry for the long email, but I thought it would be a good discussion to have from you guys. And maybe you could do a fossil Pokemon of the week sometime. Uh, Bastodon. Thanks for all the great work you do, Joe. So just from a purely legal perspective, and you'll have to 
forgive me a little bit because it's been at least 15 years since I've looked at this stuff legally. Um, there's a world of, uh, and these are distinct legal terms, trademark, copyright, and trade secret um, that you have to protect in different ways. I don't think you can ever lose copyright, but trademarks, which tend to be uh, characters that are emblematic of the brand that you are selling, you have to continually legally protect or you lose them. Um, so the classic example of this is people complain when the Disney company sues daycare centers that have Disney characters painted on their walls. But the thing is, if Disney did not sue those daycare centers, then anybody could put Disney characters anywhere because, you know, the other people can say, well, you let these people have yep. it in their area. And so if you're letting them do it for free, then we can do it for free. Yeah, it's the same with like Nintendo and that Metroid game that they took down. Yeah. Uh, fans complain that this Nintendo should have just bought it and they should incorporate it and then turn it into an actual Metroid game. Like the game was done. They could just do that. But if they were to agree and they were to do that, then they're not actually protecting their IP. And therefore, in the future, like Will said with the Disney, the next person could come along and make a Metroid game and call it Netroid. And Nintendo couldn't do anything to that. They couldn't cease and desist it. They couldn't ask for it to take down because they initially didn't protect their copyright uh, the first time. And so that's why a lot of the times you see companies that that go like, don't don't send us fan stuff like we can't look at it because if we look at it and we we somehow get inspiration from that, then you can you can uh, claim that it was yours and blah, blah, blah. And so it's just like this very messy uh, situation. So the easiest thing for a company to do is just say, hey, remove that. Yeah, and, and yeah. also in this Pokemon Uranium version, from what I can see, it's they literally use the Pokemon font in the Pokemon word of Uranium version. And if all of the gameplay and everything is based on the same mechanics, or, hey, maybe like a reverse-engineered version of the games, then that's just theft. But <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a beautiful little love letter, but... Uh... I mean, okay, Pokemon Uranium, from what I know about it, which is not much, but they had one good idea, which is that there's a, oh, well, I, I don't know. They could have lots of good ideas. But one idea that I thought was very interesting was they have an additional type in it, which is like radioactive Sound type? or something. Huh? <laughs> Sound uh, type? No, not this time. Uh, but radioactive, which radioactive is like super effective against all types and all types are super effective against it, which I thought was... A very interesting little mechanic. But yeah, this is literally just Pokemon. You can't just seal, you can't just re, like, just change the title and then release that. It's also something where they're, you know, like, free advertising is kind of up in the air because it's not really. If you play through this game, you, like, this was, this was released around the same time as similar graphical stuff was being put out, like Black and White 2, I think. Was that correct? I don't know. But anyway, it, it was like uh, no, right... it came out 2016 last year. Yeah. Are you it, serious? Okay. Yeah, well, they were working on it for a long time then. Six um, years, yeah. But th it it looks exactly like like a black and white two or something. So if somebody plays that, they're actually less likely to want to go 
pick up another Pokemon game unless it like really struck them. But for most people, it's going to just scratch that itch and they're done and they won't spend any money on on Pokemon stuff. In addition to all the stuff that Will and Steve listed, which is you've got to protect your own copyright or everybody can just have it. <laughs> yeah, and that's like the worst thing. I, I, I think we can all agree. That's the worst thing about intellectual property law is it puts the burden on the person whose intellectual property is being abused mm-hmm. to defend it or they lose it rather than putting a punishment that on somebody who's clearly infringing intellectual property. Well, there, I mean, there's there's tons of bad things about intellectual property law. but Well, no, I, of whole, course. And it's yeah, always terrible. Gonna, it, it's never <laughs> going to be clear cut. No. I, I just there is no way intellectual property law is ever going to be clear cut. It will always have to be debated and there will always be hurt feelings. I don't yeah. know how the the pixel mod Minecraft works and why it's why it's still a thing. I mean, it's probably it's probably extremely different, different enough to yeah. It's like a, I mean, the battle system might mimic Pokemon, but it is not literally two creatures facing off against each other with HP bars and stuff. I mean, you oh, know, four moves right? yeah, below it. It's crummy uh, Minecraft, right? The quality yeah. there, there's not. I, I mean, I, I recently had this discussion with one of my coworkers because I, and I apologize, I, I know many people in our community are huge Minecraft fans. I cannot comprehend why anyone would spend more than two minutes playing Minecraft. It's, it's just, just Legos. So it's, oh, yeah, it's Legos. It's except just Legos. that you don't touch. I mean, I, what you're saying to me when people say it's just Legos is like that there could be a virtual knitting game where I'm like making virtual blankets and clothes for people through knitting action. No, you know what? I knit because I make something real. It's it's more like it's like like Photoshop is what you're looking for there. And lots of people love Photoshop. Like they can yeah. make. But a- then you can print the photos. If I, if I was a kid, though, the, my biggest problem as a kid, and I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here, is that I never had enough Legos. And so to have a computer game that could give me unlimited Legos so I could right. build, you know, a, a, a two million piece Pikachu as tall as I want, like that's something I could never actually do in real life because my parents were poor and racist as we learned. <laughs> oh and everybody God, knows racists parents. do not get Legos. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm just just from two different perspectives having you know spent my childhood in hawaii most of the time it was very comfortable and easy to be outdoors and i did outdoors stuff and i wasn't sitting there although i did have legos but i just wasn't spending all my time playing with piles of legos you know i'd be out in the pool or walking around the neighborhood doing jump rope with my friends it was also the 70s we didn't have (laughs) computers (laughs) as a kid who didn't do a lot of stuff outside and pretty much only played video games. I think there's a lot of, uh, like you, like you said, you can, you can print out the thing that you made on Photoshop. Like you can also not, I mean, I, I don't think that anything needs to have a physical component to be worthwhile or fun. Well, I mean, that's, that's a huge division between us, right? I, I, if I'm going to spend my time and this is specifically, if I'm going to spend my time, building something if i'm going to spend my time doing creation i want there to be a physical manifestation of it so you're I don't saying want if there was an live art contest and you took the time <laughs> to do something build something you would want compensation 
No, I would want to be able, much like the Pokemon art that I have hanging on the walls of my house and the Destiny art that I have, I want to be able to frame it and hang it on my wall like I do. And I can look over and I'm like, oh, look at that cute uh, art of a Zerua and a Zoroark that somebody made and I have framed hanging right there that I can look at and touch if I want to touch it. That's not <laughs> like you can't be turned off when the computer gets turned off. Well, see, it's it's weird because sure, you don't have exactly that but in a way you can share it with many 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 other people in the world and they can experience it in a way they wouldn't be able to from just a photograph in minecraft like if you if share there is anything i hate it is sharing i do not <laughs> like to share let's be I'm just saying, very like, clear th- so just like yesterday somebody posted a video where somebody someone had made all of hogwarts in minecraft and you know, like if you want to, you can go, you can download that world and walk around in Hogwarts. And that's a thing that A, you couldn't do because it's cost prohibitive how many Lego bricks it would take. B, there would only be one version of it. So nobody can always apply for a job at Legoland and make a Legoland Hogwarts model. Yeah, but right, then so that's Warner Brothers might, might file intellectual property rights and then you'd have to take the legos down oh, no it's it's like isn't legoland in like germany they have no intellectual property law there <laughs> no there's a legoland in california is there not i i don't i've I'm never been to california sure, i'm pretty sure there is i think uh, there's a legoland in somewhere in the united states the the second question here is how do you feel about no fossils being in sun and moon there are fossils in sun and moon not you go to the ones. guy Just you got to the, the jurassic park trailer guy yeah, but I, not new ones. Oh, well, I mean, that's fine. Yeah, fossil mechanics I'm not, I'm not in love with, with fossils or the, the process yeah. there. You know, if they couldn't fit them, they couldn't fit them, and I wouldn't want something forced into the game of like, oh, we need to have fossils because every other game has had fossils. I can I go, it, can it I go be... deep lore for you guys? Oh, go for it. Right? There are no fossils in Hawaii. There are no fossils in Hawaii because they're volcanic islands. And they are relatively new land, quote, quote, geologically speaking, so that there would not be sedimentary fossils found in the sediment of the islands. Boom. Will with the science on you. Ending on that (laughs) volcano note. (laughs) Uh, Let me run down Pokemon of the Week real quick. Again, no Travis. Uh, Logan's a little bit competitive, so if you want to chime in, you're more than welcome to. Is is Uh, it one of those six Pokemon that are on my team right now? (laughs) No, it's not. It's not. I can speak at length. We might have done this one before, but I picked Gastrodon this week. Uh, Gastrodon is is in the top something of competitive. Good old my confidence right there. The top something. I know Gastrodon's still being used. It was used in the past competitively, so I figured it would be a okay choice for those interested in using Gastrodon. The moves that I have here from our Slack community. Shout out to Kevin for providing this. Uh, Kevin always on top of the moves. Or the the move the the loadouts. Don't know if they're a hundred percent accurate or not, but I I trust his judgment. We have a sassy nature, two hundred and fifty two in HP, one oh four in defense, one fifty two in special defense. See when you split it like that, I feel like they know what they're talking about. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's that, it's built to to survive a specific attack from a specific mon. Yeah, yeah, they they calc out the amount of damage that its like biggest threat is going to do, and then. That's why you can. That's why you can trust these move sets. Uh, item was leftovers. Ability is Storm Drain with the moves Scald, Toxic, and Recover. 
And then for your fourth move, you have uh, you have a couple options. You can either go with Secret Power, uh, you can go with Ice Beam, you can go with Sludge Bomb, or you can go with Earth Power. So whichever whichever ones fits your loadout, a little bit of customization there. But the first three are Scald, Toxic, and Recover. And again, this this will be able to be used in double battles. Kevin's write up is Gastrodon is a special tank. The first three mo moves serve to cause status and keep living. The last move can be brought in for coverage for can be brought in for coverage, or you could just default to protect. Storm drains heals you if you are hit by water types. So he is also great if you have a fire type Pokemon like Arcanine and you think you're going to get slammed by a water type move. Because Storm Drain sucks in all the water abilities, so it keeps Pokemon like Arcanine safe. Yeah, so I think if somebody tries to attack you with water, then the water actually diverts and goes over to Gastrodon, and then Gastrodon heals. Yep. Yeah, it forces all single target water moves to strike the Pokemon with this ability. And rather than doing damage, it heals them. And if you get a shiny Gastrodon, it is a puke green. <laughs> are both of them because there's two different colors of gastrodon yeah there's a pink and a blue yeah depending so on which side of the island you get it from so there's a pink and a blue both their tops so like the pink one has a brown top and the blue the blue one has a green top both their tops turn into like this puke brown greenish color yeah it's, re yep. it's really Can't not confirm. good it's really it's gross really not i mean they're slugs so i guess it kind of works like but i mean the pink one just get strictly worse as a yeah, shiny. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I, I would say they both get worse, like because they're both yeah. the blue and the pink are really vibrant, and then they just get so yeah. muted. It looks like it looks like they were plushes that you sat in the sun for a very long time. That's <laughs> <laughs> some trivia Aww. here. According to an an interview with Nintendo Power, Ken Sugimori, Shellos and Gastrodon were originally intended for Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, but were not implemented due to time constraints. Uh, both Shellos and Gastrodon have early sprites within the game data of Diamond and Pearl. However, there are no front sprites to these forms. In Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, no in-game trainer uses East Sea Gastrodon in battle. Even on the side of Mount Cornet, in Pokemon Platinum, all trainers east side of Mount Cornet have East Sea Gastrodon. Prior to Generation 6, Gastrodon's body style was this ant-looking thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. It's probably what just it? it used <laughs> good old Bulbapedia. Uh but then, yeah, that's it. That's some Gastrodon love. If you're going into some competitives, might be a good choice. So to speak more on that, okay, so first of all, I'm you guys always talk about calcs. I uh, I don't know if everybody listening actually understands what that actually is from or means. Can I go into that for a little bit? Sure. So if you you can just search Pokemon Calculator on Google, but it's PokemonShowdown.com slash DamageCalc. Um, and it has basically the a bunch of selectors where you can select your Pokemon or the Pokemon that you're going to train and then the Pokemon you want to survive their attack from. So anybody who's currently top of the meta. like So maybe you want to survive Tapu Koku's um, Thunder. Well, this isn't a good example for Gastrodon. Um, what about... Tapu Bulu, you want to survive an attack from Tapu Bulu because like a Giga three, Drain or something, right? Like because you're you're four times weak to that as Gastrodon, and but maybe there's a build because he's pretty tanky. Maybe there's a build where you still end up with one HP. This is all based on math, and the Pokemon can do a little bit more, or a little bit less whenever it hits with an attack. But you can make your EVs that you give to your Pokemon such that 
it has just like one HP more than the maximum amount that Tapu Bulu can do. And the way to plan that out is to go to this damage calculator and put the put both Pokemon in against each other. And then it shows like all their moves and what they would do to the other one. It's it's a super handy tool. And when people make very specific builds like those those that EV spread that that Steve listed for this one, that's where they get these from. It's it's a very specific amount of EVs that are trying to make your Pokemon survive versus whatever specific hit. Yes. And if you were confused earlier about the trivia, East Sea Gastrodons are blue and green. West Sea Gastrodons are pink and brown. Yeah. There's, I don't think there's any difference in them, right? It's just aesthetic. No, just, yeah, how they look. And I didn't even realize it, but body style is actually a thing you can search on in your Pokedex when you're searching for Pokemon. Oh, cool. Wow. I didn't say this earlier, but again, if you have any emails... Uh, Pokemon or non-Pokemon related, send those over to sbj at pkmncast.com or go over to pokemonpodcast.com and hit that contact button. Otherwise, a little bit of house cleaning really quick. If you haven't done so already, please leave us a review in iTunes. We're at like 711 reviews. 711. <laughs> so reviews help out. They're also uh, really fun to read and make me feel good when I read them if, uh, as long as they're not like a one star. Uh, <laughs> There's some shirts and some artwork left over at from Midwest Gaming Classic. Uh, they should be up on the website, PokemonPodcast.com, this week. Uh, not not a lot of each, but just to kind of get rid of them. So if you're looking for shirts, it's super effective shirts, or just some artwork that Micah did, uh, those should be up on the site later this week. So take a look at Keep an eye out for that. And yeah, I think that's it. We have a Patreon. If you if you enjoyed this like two hour episode and you want to support us and help us do more cool things, uh, you can go over to patreon.com slash it's super effective and uh, you can throw a dollar or so our way. Uh, any dollar or more monthly donation gets you access to our Slack community, which is a really, really great group of people. All yeah, fantastic. Slack's the best. I'm on there every day. They're really awesome bunch of competitive uh there's like a battle area there's a trading area there i'm sure with with mario kart that is now out people are planning mario kart stuff uh monster hunter is very active animal crossing in slack is extremely active for that being a 700 year old game (laughs) (laughs) in ancient times uh but yeah uh really great people in slack so if you want to if if you want to hang out talk some pokemon do some other stuff and just be a part of a cool community that does exist uh but yeah uh thank you will and logan for being on you're welcome you're very welcome i feel like i'm forgetting something but uh but whatever whatever uh otherwise (laughs) this has been another episode of the pokemon podcast and we are super Super chinguin and chunks nelly day effective somebody has to say effective or the show doesn't end yeah. Keep those leg warmers clean in 2017. Leg tubes. Leg tubes. My fault, my fault.
Just wanted to give a big shout out to Wally. You can check him out uh, over at drunkontacos.com. And if you want to be part of the shout outs at the end of the episode, you can jump over to patreon.com slash it's super effective and sign up for the producer tier. But again, a shout out to Wally. You can check out his stuff over at drunkontacos.com. 